Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozie. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast, where we take a look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. And today we are focusing on the second one of those. We are focusing on leadership. And I am here with Jeff Cross as always. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm well. I'm feeling good today. So that I'm, I'm excited awesome. to get this baby going. My name is Chad Ozzy, and I serve as the uh, coordinator for uh, baseball. Uh, I do college baseball. I assign college baseball officials. In fact, today I've been making all sorts of reassignments because uh, baseball coaches all think they are weathermen. And so they want to change uh, game dates based on when they think weather might show up. (laughs) That's right. Uh, It's pretty awesome. I was just thinking, I'm like, so they're not changing because of the weather. They're changing because of the forecast of the weather. That's exactly right. I was talking. It might rain in seven days, so we're going to change the game. (laughs) I was talking with one of my coaches yesterday. He's a longtime coach, great guy. And, uh, and I just, I just kind of half joked with him and I said, did you realize when you were preparing to be a coach that you needed to be studying meteorology, <laughs> right. you know, and, and we laughed about that, but that's, that's really kind of what happens. Well, as that, in that role of a coordinator, one of the things that I am always very uh, excited about is seeing officials develop, uh, seeing officials get better, seeing officials gain confidence. Uh, and, and we know there's lots of ways we can do that. We've talked about it on the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. we go to camps and clinics and we find mentors and we watch people and we evaluate tape and we do all those kinds of things. But I want to talk today about something that happened to me just this week that I think is a phenomenal way to show leadership. Um, and I think a lot of us, we think that we can only lead if we have a title. 
we can only lead if we have a position. I want to talk today about a story that happened uh, that actually involves somebody that regularly listens to our podcast. Uh, and so I am not going to warn him before he hears this because mm. I know he'll hear it the minute it comes out. Because if I haven't released an episode uh, within the seven day window, <laughs> I typically get a call saying, when's it coming out? I have Those a two trolls. hour drive tomorrow. That's right. Those trolls. <laughs> so... Uh, so uh, I'm not going to warn him ahead of time. He'll just hear this. But I, I got a call. I was on my uh, – actually, I was, I was driving to a baseball game on Monday. Um, we're recording this on, uh, on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But I was driving to a game on Monday, and I got a text from this particular individual saying, are you on your way to – and then filled in the name of the school that I was going to be at. So I had no idea he knew my schedule, but he, he knew I was going to be there. I said, absolutely, I'm on the road right now. And within about 10 seconds of that text, I had a phone call. And he was calling, and he was checking in. And he told me about the, the weekend of games that he'd worked. And that and that's, that's pretty typical for a lot of us, right? We find out we're on the road. We mm. know that's a safe time to be able to call and have a conversation. Right. And, you know, that's great, right? And so as part of that conversation, um, he mentioned the fact that he, the reason he knew where I was going is because his partner the day before was my partner on that day. And so that person had told him where he was going to work and who he was going to work with. And uh, I'm at a place in my baseball career where I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to work a lot of upper level stuff, but I also work... Um, all the way down to the junior college level as well. So I work with a really wide variety of partners. I work with, you know, partners that are working Big Ten one day, you know, Mm. and then I'll work with other partners that are working six high school games, you know, and and one D3 doubleheader on a weekend or something Mm. like that. So um, this particular partner I was going to be working with uh, on that Monday is young, and when I say young, I mean he's younger than some of the college players playing hmm. on the team. Okay. That's how young he is. Uh, and I was excited to get to, to work with him and, and watch him and all. And so this person that called me um, said, hey, you're, you're going to like working with him. So the very first thing that he said about him was something positive. Okay. Um, and... So now for, for me, what that did automatically for my game that day, it, it got me a little excited right then yeah. and there. I'm not walking in worried. I'm mm. not, oh man, what am I going to have to deal with today? Whatever. Right. Immediately, this person showed a leadership quality of putting me in a positive place for that game that day. He then went on and talked with me about a conversation that he'd had with that partner the day before, knowing that they were going to work with me. And what he had done was he had given that person some things to work on, given that person some advice and that kind of thing, and then told him, hey, the person you're going to work with tomorrow is somebody who assigns games. <laughs> the person you're going to work with tomorrow has schools that are near you. Mm-hmm. You know, So if, if he says something, you might want to consider listening to him. And I found that really interesting because that's something that uh, maybe not a lot of us do. We all know that we get input from lots of different people. And sometimes it's a matter of who do we listen to? Hmm, 
right? You know, we, we've even said you go to a camper clinic and you'll have four different people tell you four different things about the same thing. You know, we'll try it this way. We'll try it this way. We'll try it because they may all do it just slightly different. Sure. And so we have to decide who do we listen to? What fits for us? What's, mm-hmm. what's good information? So he had set this young official up for success to say, hey, this is somebody that it's safe to listen to, right? And so then uh, as we were, we were talking through that day, uh, through that conversation, um, we, we ended up talking about other things, talking about, you know, our games and stuff like that. And then as we were closing out that conversation, he, uh, he then came back to it. He circled back around in that conversation saying, hey, I think you're really going to enjoy working with him today. I'm, I'm really really anxious to see how it goes, right? Awesome. Had a great conversation. So what this person did, so now this is a person who works for lots of different different assigners at lots of different levels. Um, I think right now he works all the way up to division two, Mm. right? So he obviously has ability, he has um, knowledge, um, but yet he's not been doing it very long, right? Okay. And yet he didn't say, I need to wait until I've been doing this for 12 years before I begin leading. I need to do this for 12 years before I help another official. I need to do this for 12 years before I help somebody else advance. Mm -hmm. This person decided to show leadership and take a risk making a phone call take a risk having a conversation with a new official, do those things and put himself out there. And then here was the really cool thing about it. He then circled around and after the games were over, checked back in. With? With me. Okay. And the person that I had worked with that day had checked back in with him. Mm-hmm. And so I even got to see a text string back Mm. and forth about how that person felt the conversation went. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I wanted to talk about this today because I think this is an opportunity that a lot of us are missing out on. We, we, we look out for ourselves really well, right? Yeah, we're good. You know, yeah. we, we yeah. want to get better. We want to get more games. We want to get better games, whatever. But one of the things that we don't often do is look at how we help other people until we're in a place where helping that person won't affect us. What I mean is if, if you, Jeff Cross, 70 plus division one college women's basketball official, per year, right? If if you help somebody get into college basketball for the first time, that does not that does not affect you at all. Right? right? Them them coming in and working 20 junior college basketball games this year doesn't have the potential to affect your schedule. Right. Right? But you Jeff Cross, 70 plus division 1 games a year official, taking somebody who's working 40 division two games a year and 15 division one games a year and investing in them has the potential to now affect your schedule the next year. Mm -hmm. Because if they really begin to elevate, 
and they're 15 years younger than you and they're a little more in shape or a little more this or whatever. Now, all of a sudden you go from 70 games a year down to 65 and that person's getting five year games next year or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. What I thought was amazing was this person that called me immediately said, this guy is going to skyrocket. This guy's going to elevate. If if he gets the right people on his side, if he gets the the right kind of information, he's smart, he's humble, he wants to learn, he's going to skyrocket. So I was so impressed by this conversation that I had that I, I desperately wanted to talk with you about it today. Okay. And the reason I want to talk about it, we are we're wrapping up college basketball. Uh, March Madness is going on right now on both sides. Um, baseball is in full swing. And right now we have lots of baseball umpires who are going to get all sorts of opportunities because of weather. We just talked mm-hmm. about a minute ago. I got coaches that are that are changing things all the time. There are there are people that are going to get thrown in over their head because they were open and there was a game that was really too big for them that's now open. Um, and what what I look at as a coordinator is when I find somebody like this guy that called me that was that willing to invest in other people, I want that person working for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just now that I have them on my staff. I now have them helping make my staff better. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? So the question I wanted to begin to ask you today, Jeff, um, just using that as the background for our, our kind of quick little conversation here, is what are ways that we can begin to lead others, what are ways that we can impact others, help them get better, whatever terminology you want to use there, even when we're not the ones who are in charge or have the title or the position? What are some ways that you've seen officials do that with you, seen do with with other people? What are ways that you've seen them do that? Yeah, if I look back at the beginning of my at least basketball officiating career, there was many people that plugged into me Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason. And there's a couple things I want to, I want to really talk about. One is I believe that everyone, that's a strong word. Most everyone wants to help others. They, They want to do that whether you're the third-year baseball umpire or the 30-year baseball mm-hmm. umpire. They want to help others. They really, really do. The question is, Do does that first or second-year umpire want to be helped? Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to do any good. Sometimes that, we'll say that five-year umpire, won't speak into the two-year umpire for... Well, he or she doesn't really want to hear what I have to say, so I'm not going to say. Sure. So everyone wants to help in some way, shape, or form. They either don't know how, they're afraid to because they're afraid the message won't be received. And, you know, that third one that you mentioned that could be potentially taking my games. And 
you know, we've talked about that part of the game before. I, I, I'm not fully convinced that young officials are taking other people's games anymore because there is, I don't want to say shortage, but there's less of us now. There is. There's just less of us. So if you're willing to hang out and, and get ridiculed for missing a pitch that's one inch outside the, the zone, we're still going to need you. Everyone's going to need you. So um, I think it really falls on the, the young official. It really falls on that young official. And I'm not saying you got to go out there and solic- solicit information and solicit help. But like I said, early in my officiating, there are so many people that were, I mean, I can remember sitting at a dinner table at a restaurant with eight other officials that were way, did way more games than me. You know, whether it be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and they're all trying to give their two cents, right? Because they all wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think they all will as soon as they hear that you're willing to listen to it. Whether or not you do it doesn't make any difference to them. It's whether or not you're willing to at least say, okay, what do you have? I'll filter it, you know what I mean? And then decide what's in my game, what's not in my game. That's where ways of leadership are going to be key in getting these young officials and, and getting these people that are to the these people that with and not in a position of authority, as you say, to still plug into someone even though they don't have any games to give. So to to fix that is I'm gonna try and give you an analogy here. We we talked on a previous podcast about TikTok and and so many kids, you know, adults, whatever. Oh, I don't like to do that, right? They're afraid that it won't be liked. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way we are when it comes to giving advice. We're afraid that the person we're giving advice to or, or opinions to, that we won't be liked, so we won't share it. Well, I believe that everyone is looking for advice in some way, shape, or form. They are. Maybe not your advice. Maybe not your delivery. Maybe not the information you're given, but everyone is looking to better themselves in some way, shape, or form. So if you could just throw it out there and be a, you know, this this gentleman that you spoke to that spoke to you and then spoke to the young umpire, if that would have turned into a bad result. So let's just say that umpire calls and goes, oh, yeah, it was terrible working with Chad and la, 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 and this and that. Well, that umpire might be a little hesitant to give out information again. Mm-hmm. where I challenge people not to be hesitant to give out information again. Okay, let's change the way we do it. Let's, you know, if, listen, if I got a kid who, you know, can't hit hit his way past second base, then let's change the way we do it and teach you how to bunt mm-hmm. and still be able to help the team. So that's where I think we we can we can capitalize on those people that are not in positions of authority because we all know when a position of authority speaks, we take it, whether we like it or not. We take it, and we're going to change because position of authority is giving out games. Mm-hmm. When that other person's not, they're not giving out any games. I don't like the way they tried to teach me in that direction. Okay, then the, posi- then the person who's given that direction needs to change that delivery so that way it can be fixed. I like that a lot. And I think there were three things um, – that this uh, this official did that set 
this young umpire up for success. The first thing that they did was that they prepared them for success. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is they they paved the way. Mm-hmm. You know, they they gave them encouragement. They developed relationship. They carried on conversation. They showed interest. Mm-hmm. You know, that I think is so important just to prepare someone for success. And sometimes preparing someone for success means you're actually giving them the advice. Sometimes preparing them for success includes then what I'll say that the second thing is that this person did really, really well, which was he pointed them in the right direction. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it may be that you know that the person they really need to hear this from is somebody that's not you. Or (laughs) the person that they'll really listen to Mm -hmm. is somebody that's not you. And so that official pointed this young umpire towards me saying, you need to listen to him and and said, this is a good place to get that information. And then the third thing that that person did was then they stayed in contact, Mm. right? Now, then what was interesting to me was what that person did with that young official on a Sunday. I'm then working with that young umpire on a Monday. So this is just the very next day. Part of what I did was prepare them for success. Mm-hmm. We spent our pregame talking about things that we were going to do that day to make us successful. And so I didn't talk about 30 different things mm-hmm. or 40 different things. We talked about just a few different things. It was a double header. I had the first plate. Did all that. We came in in between. He was super receptive. He asked me something about something that that other official had mentioned the day before. And I absolutely jumped on board and said, yes, that's something we need to try today. I said, you know what? If you mess it up 30 times today, it doesn't matter. I said, we're out here. This is a great game to learn on and everything. And that young umpire, to his credit, it had something to do with his his strike mechanic. Mm. And, uh, and so... Out of all the strikes that he called all day, he did it right every single time except one. And there's no way he could have made that level of improvement in one day if that other official the day before hadn't set him up for that success. And then because he was open, because he'd been pointing in the right direction, I was able to set him up for success by saying, yes, that's something you ought to try today. Mm. I also then pointed him in the right direction. He was trying to figure out where he needed to go for camps this year. Mm. And there are lots of different opportunities for him to go and different things that he could do. And I told him very clearly, you need to go to the Mid-American Camp in Springfield, Missouri. And then I told him why. I said, because it's all about getting stuff in your muscle memory. They're going to do things over and over and over. You get lots of repetitions. It's a learning camp, not an evaluation camp. I said, right now in your development, you need a learning camp. You're going to get evaluated. You're going to get seen, but you need to learn. Mm. So even though I was in a position of authority, my job was to set him up for success, prepare him for success, and then point him in the right direction. And then my job now also is this coming weekend, I'm going to stay in contact. How have your games been this week? Mm -hmm. I know he doesn't have another college game until this weekend. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to check back in with him after this weekend and do that. And, you know, we've been, we've been saying throughout this podcast that we want to look at practical ways that we can become uncommon. 
not just philosophical ideas, but practical ways. So my question uh, or, or my encouragement for our listeners today as they're driving to their next game, or maybe they're now a, a basketball official that's moved into the off season. Sure. You know what? Today, what is a way that you can set a partner up and prepare them for success? What's a way you can point them in the right direction? And then how are you going to stay in contact and stay connected so that together we all drive towards that ultimate success? Yeah, I think that's good stuff. But you said something that I I want to question, and hopefully you can you know, give me some insight on this. You're talking about sending this kid to the, the Midwest camp in yep. Springfield, Missouri. And you're gonna get you're gonna get taught a lot of things. And yeah, you're gonna get an evaluation. But I feel like the people that I run into, you know, every summer in camps, mm-hmm. they're looking for their evaluation. Sure. They wanna see their evaluation. Tell me why you think that's so important the evaluation of, okay, where did I, where did I come in at the scale? Mm-hmm. Tell me why you think that's important because I don't necessarily think that way. I'm not necessarily looking for my evaluation. Um, I judge, you know, just my schedule as my evaluation sure. basically, you know, and, and I want to be taught. I think I want to be taught more than anything, mm-hmm. but you know, if someone was to say, okay, I'm going to give you evaluation on how you do neutral thinking. Well, Okay, you can evaluate them, but I know that I'm practicing it every day. So that is probably going to change from year to year to year. So just what do you think about that? Yeah, so uh, the way that I'll put it in perspective for you is that most basketball camps that we go to are what I would consider evaluation camps. Okay. We don't do a ton of learning, especially not on-court learning of um, basics. Okay. You know, we're, we're expected to know that stuff by the time we walk in. And everybody works three-person mechanics. It's the same everywhere we go at every level. Baseball is very different. Because baseball, in collegiate baseball alone, we have two-person mechanics, three-person mechanics, four-person mechanics, mm-hmm. and six-person mechanics. Mm-hmm. Just in college baseball, all in one season. And a baseball umpire could be expected to work every single one of those mechanics throughout the course of a year. And is supposed to know them. And they're very different. Now, each one builds on the next. Mm -hmm. But um, like at this particular camp I'm talking about in Springfield, um, one of the very first things they do is they take people that want to be college baseball umpires and they'll make them take 30 plays in a row at first base so that... Everything is about getting it in their muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So in the same way that like at umpire school, you'd be hitting fungos and doing that. They're doing that at this camp. Uh, Learning how to do double play footwork. Learning how to read fly balls. uh, Doing cage work and doing multiple different things. Because one of the things that they understand there, and there's there's other great camps like that around this. That one particularly is in a good location location for where this person lives. Mm -hmm. But what happens is, is that when you begin to get those kinds of things in your muscle memory, 
Now you can begin to add other things on top of it because you're not having to think about those things while you're out there on the field. And it puts you in a much better position to be able to see things, make decisions, look confident, all those kinds of things that we do. A lot of people want to skip past that and they just want to get hired. And so sometimes they go to levels they're not ready for yet because they just think that's what they're supposed to do. I was super fortunate that when I started out, I was I was exposed to things that gave me lots of hands-on teaching and training. Uh, and, and I had that on the basketball side as well. You did a camp a few years ago, called it a school or whatever exactly was that you used that terminology for. But I remember we went out on the on the court mm-hmm. and we practiced walking from the baseline to the table mm-hmm. and reporting numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never been to another basketball camp that's taught me to do that. Mm-hmm. But I've had people at other camps when they've done my evaluation that have turned around and said, you see how Chad just did that? Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. Not because I was anything special, mm-hmm. but because I learned mm-hmm. at that camp and now it's ingrained in me that I calmly walk to the table and I report and I should be done reporting by the time I get to the 28 foot mark so mm-hmm. I can turn around and we're ready to shoot free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that a lot of people miss out on some of those kinds of training things that if they do that, it allows them to leapfrog ahead. Okay. So now instead of having to work 30 games to be able to take 30 double plays, because maybe you only get one double play every game. Yeah. Now I've done that in a 15 minute span in one afternoon. And that's getting in my muscle memory. I, I remember people saying, people that are going from two person basketball mechanics to three person basketball mechanics. Well, you know, you need to get you need to get 30, 40 games under your belt before you really feel comfortable doing it. I know on the baseball side, we joke all the time and say, when you're going from two man to three man, it takes a hundred games. You need to get 100 games under your belt before it's really just reaction mm-hmm. rather than have to think about it before you go do it. And so I think anytime, like uh, John Brower has a, a three-man umpire camp in Kansas City where all they do is teach, 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 teach. And it's awesome. I highly recommend it to people that are ready to make that jump from two to three. Um, but you know, at a lot of our camps, uh, on the basketball side, we see it. On the baseball side, we see it. I'm sure other sports, we see it as well. It's the kind of thing where it's about how do we get seen so we can get hired, which we all want to do. But if I can take this step first, now instead of having to get seen at that camp for three or four years to Mm -hmm. get hired, Mm -hmm. now the first year I come in, I'm at a place where I'm ready to get hired. Mm -hmm. And maybe not just get hired, but hired with a pretty good schedule. Right. So, but when it comes to evaluations, though, so that evaluation, you know, I, I think of it as a grade, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, does a nice button hook. Is that still a terminology you guys use? I believe so, yes. <laughs> you know, whatever, has nice footwork for double plays, you know, mm-hmm. needs to work on um, their block mechanic, whatever that might be, right? So, um, so you're not necessarily getting an evaluation like, okay... You're a D3 umpire. You know, yeah. here you go. Here's your evaluation. We we, we signed the stamp of approval for yeah. you to be a Division three umpire. Okay. Yeah, it's the same. When we say evaluation camps, evaluate means they're evaluating your ability 
to decide if they want to hire you. Okay. Whereas okay. a teaching camp is, we're going to teach, train, and there, there'll be some hiring that'll come out of that. Sure. But their primary goal there is to teach you how to do what you need to do. And when you think hiring would come out of, um, I, I believe, okay, the odds are with you when you go to a camp that you, that's how you're going to get hired. Mm-hmm. But you can get hired at any time. That's right. I mean, I think if, if, if you were to walk on to whatever, the local Colt League field this summer and go, who's this dude? I got to talk to him mm-hmm. because I could use them. Right? You, it's not like we're, we're loaded with, with, with officials, baseball or basketball. We're like, uh, the only way I can hire them is if I see them at a camp under some evaluation scenarios, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> and the interesting thing is that I get asked all the time by other coordinators – have you seen so-and-so work Mm. or have you worked with Mm so-and-so? And I have seen coordinators hire people on the spot based off of a recommendation of somebody they trust. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, the places I see them working, high school, junior college, in AIA games, and the people that are asking the question are NCAA assigners. Mm -hmm. So you never know when you're going to be seen, how you're going to be seen. But what I think is so key for us today to begin to take away is the leadership qualities that it takes to help make other people better. This idea of preparing them for success, pointing them in the right right direction, staying in contact, keeping part of that brotherhood, sisterhood of what we do. Mm -hmm. It not only elevates them, but it elevates us. Mm-hmm. It keeps us focusing on what it takes to get better. It keeps us focusing on the basics that we know we all need to stay sharp with all the time. But then the other thing that it does is it makes us invaluable to the people that hire us. Because if we're making other people better, they want us on their staff. Every corporation wants leaders on their team. Whether or not they're working 80 hours a week or 40 hours a week or 30, Mm -hmm. they want leaders in the building, in the office, on the field, on the floor. That's all there is to it. If you work at being a great leader, you will find yourself in a mix of a lot of things. You know, I, I, you know, my schedule is at the school has kind of narrowed down. You know, we have someone else taking that position of the athletic director, but I'm still there, you know. The reason I'm there is, I believe, is because some of my leadership skills, they still need that in the building. Yep. It's There's plenty of leaders. You can't have enough of them, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some people just got to do some grunt work, and that's all there is to it. But you could find a way to be a good leader, whether or not you're in a position of power or not. You, you are going to be a beneficial to any corporation or uh, officiating uh, assignments. I agree. So, folks, as uh, as we begin to wrap this up, let me just say that I would love to hear the stories of how you are doing this. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to shoot us an email, uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com, and tell us how you're doing this, how you're impacting other people, how you are 
continuing the legacy of what we do, how you're providing leadership and, and maybe not just even in the sports officiating world, but in life, Yeah, you know, let us know how you're doing this so that we can hear it. You know, this is a story of one person and what he did. And when he called me, when he made the impact with that younger official, when he then pointed that official towards me, I, I was so impressed by what he did and the way he did it. And he wasn't looking for personal glory. He wasn't looking for pats on the back or anything like that. He just knew that's something he needed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it's only going to be positive for him. So whether you're a basketball official in the off season right now, how, how can you help somebody get better and get ready for camps this year? You know, how yep. can you help somebody during the training season? As a baseball official, how can you be helping the the person that you're working with this week so that three weeks when you work with them again, they're even mm -hmm. better mm -hmm. when they get out there? Uh, because it's uh, it's uncommon to do that. Yep. And we need to be uncommon. I, I think, you know, remember, we have to practice these things. We can't, you know, say, oh, I'm working with a second year. I'm going to start turning on my leadership skills. Mm -hmm. Nope, this, is, this is, needs to be something that you are practicing daily. Whether you're learning from leaders or you're, you know, trying to improve your leadership skills, so that way it's always on. And then, because you never know when you're going to show up, maybe you plan on working with a 30-year veteran, and now you find out an hour before the game we got a second-year guy coming in. Now you're trying to turn on your leadership skills. You should already be doing that. That should be already part of your your standard day-to-day -day practice. Yeah, I agree. Folks, have a great week. Hope that your games are great, your workouts are fun, and your food is tasty. <laughs> that's right. And your weather is not raining. <laughs> well, that's just for those baseball guys. That's right. Basketball yeah, folks yeah, could care yeah, less. Yeah, the gym's right. always 72 and sunny. Yeah, us basketball guys, we like sun. <laughs> we like sun. <laughs> so. Have a great week, everybody. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.